Hey guys, it's C.S. Joseph with csjoseph.life doing another episode uh, for season 21, How to Social Engineer. We uh, just finished with How to Social Engineer ENTPs and talked about the risks of uh, Stockholm Syndrome uh, that ENTPs end up uh, being a victim to and to the point where they're willing to uh, lie, cheat, and steal. Uh, for the sake of their abusers, because their abusers utilize them uh, in such a way to uh, create loyalty, and it's that kind of loyalty that will uh, basically get in the way of, uh, you know, uh, well, it's what completes the social engineering attack. So, anyway, today's episode, we're going to be talking about ENFPs, and while ENFPs are pretty similar to ENTPs, uh, because they have at least uh, half of the cognitive functions that an ENTP would have, they have a completely different approach to how they go about doing things uh, in terms of uh, how to social engineer them. Now, like with ENTPs, obviously emulating a specific type or actually being a type or having a type that is the subconscious of the type necessary to utilize uh, for the sake of social engineering uh, ENFPs, yeah, that's definitely legitimate. Do the same thing with ENTPs, and that type was the INTJ. But with ENFPs, wow, that was like word salad. Uh, With ENFPs, uh, it's a little bit different. We're using uh, the INFJ uh, archetype uh, in order to attempt to social engineer an an ENFP. So, let me see if I can... uh, bring up my GPS so I know where I'm actually going. There we go. Uh, So uh, that being said, uh, ENFP is known as the advocate. They are, uh, they're the starter type, informative, initiating movement, all about movement, all about progress. uh, Because they're so progress oriented, so process oriented, if you keep them focused on the process, they won't really necessarily look at the outcome. And because of that, it leaves them open to attack. Now, I have uh, one or two scenarios that we're going to be covering today uh, regarding ENFPs uh, and uh, how to social engineer them. And uh, some of these scenarios are derived from anecdotes. Uh, Some of them are not. So uh, we'll just uh, leave it up to the audience to figure out which one's which. But as for most of the information that we go through or go over, it's, uh, it's pretty similar in terms of, you know, like, I, I, I do uh, mix in a lot of anecdotal stories to try to convey uh, the social engineering method itself. So, anyway, their starter types, their temperaments are idealists, which means they're affiliative, always focused on doing the right thing. Uh, they, instead of what works, uh, they're abstract, so they're constantly looking at the what if instead of the what is, which you could also use to your advantage as well, because if you get them focused on uh, the what if they won't realize that you're taking them down right in front of them, etc. From a social engineering standpoint, and uh, they're also uh, very interest-based. They're constantly thinking about what's in it for me, as well as what's in it for the other guy. Uh, fairness does not necessarily mean that much to them. Yeah, sure, if we can turn it into a win-win, that's fine. But they're definitely willing to do a win-lose as long as they're the winner. Uh, and that's one of the uh, difficult. Uh, aspects of ENFPs that, you know, everyone else just kind of has to be aware of. You know, they're definitely willing to do a win-lose scenario if it means they're the winner. Uh, Because 
by no uncertain terms at the end of any kind of agreement or business deal or however they go about approach, approaching things, the ENFP will come on top, damn it. And that's basically how they approach life in general. That could be business, that could be relationships, that could be divorce, it doesn't matter. They always ensure that they will get on top. Another thing about ENFPs is that they're very good at surveillance. And it's not just necessarily surveillance in terms of like installing uh, security cameras and watching your every move. Their Rolodex is so large and so powerful that they basically command gigantic social networks where everyone knows everyone. Information and having information and brokering information and sharing information like sales leads, for example, connections and everything is the uh, main currency of an ENFP. And when you're attempting to do a social engineering attack against an ENFP uh, archetype, uh, you better make sure that you have your butt covered in that area because if you don't, they'll know exactly what you're up to and they'll actually discover what you're doing. In fact, they will see you coming when you're attempting to social engineer them. They will always see you coming. So what you have to do is do something completely different. Sure, you know, similar to how ENTPs are, are uh, social engineered, you know, by INTJs, when an INFJ approaches an ENFP, the INFJ can really get them to let their guard down. Because remember, when it comes to SI inferiors, it's all about getting them to let their guard down. So how, how exactly do you cause uh, an ENFP to let their guard down? Well, there's a lot of different... Uh, it's a lot of different methods that you could utilize, but it usually comes down to uh, making them comfortable. Uh, and remember, you know, from our from our specific method, you want to make sure that you're getting the optimistic functions on your side, while simultaneously making sure the pessimistic functions are. Uh, basically either ignoring you or just happy that their optimistic functions are being handled, right? So what this means is specifically for an ENFP, you want the experted intuition hero and you want the experted thinking child on your side. Experted thinking child, uh, they, uh, they just really got to be around smart people. And extroverted thinking child, if you're coming and approaching the CNFP and if they feel like you're dumb, if they feel like they're smarter than you, they're not going to have any respect for you. And then as a result of that, the social engineering attack is going to fail. This this can be an issue. Like if you're like TI inferior, for example, if you're like an ESFJ or an ENFJ going to attempt a social engineering attack on uh, an ENFP, it might be a good idea for you to partner up with somebody who has a stronger TI, like a TI child or a parent or even a hero uh, might be more appropriate because uh, those cognitive functions uh, really jive with TE child. TE child is no choice but to respect those functions. And because of that, uh, TE child will end up being on the side of uh, your side, basically, because TE child will just be like, oh, this person's smart. I should probably listen to what this person has to say, etc. That's kind of where it's all about, right? Now, remember, ENFPs are all about personal brands, right? They're all about their own personal brand, their own reputation, their own status. Status, reputation, their personal brand is absolutely everything to them. That's why Robert Greene, who just happens to be an NFP, wrote in the 48 Laws of Power, one of his laws, so much depends on reputation, guard it with your life, right? It's because your reputation 
can actually save your life and produce tons of opportunities for you on a regular basis. And ENFPs are aware of this more than anyone, right? So that means anytime you're going to attempt to social engineer uh, an ENFP, they're going to be thinking, well, what's in it for me? Like literally, what is it? What's in it for me? What you need to convey to them is that their status will increase, their reputation will increase, that's their, their value will increase, right? There is an increase, there's a growth there that makes them look good, that makes them feel great about themselves, that makes them enjoy that status that they have, etc. right? Well, status is everything to an ENFP, and if you're able to convince them that by them doing what you're coercing or social engineering or manipulating them to do for you will increase their status, they're all for it. They are all for it because like ENTPs, ENFPs are actually really vain. Well, welcome to SI Inferior. SI Inferior is all about vanity because it's all about what makes SI Inferior comfortable, right? It's all about what makes them comfortable and ENFPs are all about how they feel and what makes them comfortable, right? It's all about them and, uh, you know, and that's the thing. So that's, that's what leads to the depravity because they're so focused on themselves, they're not even paying any attention to anybody else, especially because, you know, SE Demon doesn't care whether or not other people are comfortable because SI Inferior cares about whether or not they themselves are comfortable, right? And as much as it is ENTPs, it is not an ENTP's job to make other people feel comfortable. It is not. It is everyone else's job to make the ENTP comfortable. It is still the exact same for an ENFP. It is not an ENFP's job to make other people comfortable. People need to be making the ENFP comfortable. And if the ENFP in a social situation or whatever is not comfortable, no one's going to be comfortable because that SE demon's going to come out. Because remember, guys, when the inferior function is ignored, right, the demon will come out. And if an ENFP is uncomfortable, they're either going to destroy reality, they're going to destroy the moment, they're going to destroy the social interaction they're, uh, and whatnot to, in, a, in a bid to try to get attention from other people because ENFPs see that if there's no attention on them, then their personal brand or their own sense of self-worth has no value. TE child needs attention, right? They absolutely need as much attention as they could possibly get. So that's an issue. That's a problem, right? So what do you do in that situation? You know, how do you, how do you uh, social engineer an ENFP? Well, the answer is, as I just said previously, you need to emulate or actually be an INFJ or have an INFJ subconscious. By being an INFJ or having INFJ subconscious or at least going out of your right to emulate INFJ, the ENFP will let their guard down They'll let you in, let you in on their inner circle, uh, let you take advantage of the Rolodex, their connections. Uh, they'll even be a little bit more charitable to you. Uh, they'll go out of their way to you, and then they'll, they'll feel loyal to you. And they can get so loyal that they will follow you over a cliff. And they will literally believe everything you tell them. And I mean everything. TE Child will believe everything you tell them much to the chagrin of their family, much to the chagrin of, uh, of anyone around them, right? You know, it's kind of interesting because NFPs, INFPs, ENFPs, they could, they're, it's funny, like you, you look at cult leaders, right? And uh, NFPs are, 
typically, uh, like if you were to take all the cult leaders in the world and stick them into, into one place and then count and figure out and type all of them, guess what? The majority of them would be NFPs, right? Why is that? Well, remember, ENFPs are really good at selling. They're really good at sales. They're really good at selling people on ideas, right? Because TE Child is all about getting people to think new things or to think differently. Because of that, people end up believing what they say. It's a, it's a very good sales technique. It's a very good sales tactic, basically. And then as a result of that, ENFPs are like, oh, hey, yeah. I got all these people sold, you know, they're amazing. They got these sales pipeline going. Maybe that pipeline is a people pipeline for their cult. Who has no idea, you know, like no idea here, but that can happen, right? I've actually been the uh, victim personally of uh, an ENFP led cult, uh, a religious cult in my life. uh, And that has definitely happened. So like, it's a thing. It's honestly, it's honestly a thing uh, to be aware of. But they're so good at sales. And why is that relevant? It's relevant because when someone can sell other people something, they can be sold themselves. They can be absolutely sold. Because from their point of view, if I could sell other people, then there's definitely something out there that can sell me. You see what I'm saying? And it's because an ENFP, especially in their immature youth, they get sold on things. They get sold on ideas. They get sold like... Like, typically, you look at all those people doing Amway or Advocare or uh, uh, ACN, uh, Five Links. Gosh, there's so many multi-level marketing uh, companies, a.k.a. pyramid schemes out there. Have you guys ever wondered that they are, you know, ENFPs, uh, predominantly NFPs, talking about leadership and, and passion and all those guys on stage, you know, talking about all these things, right? Typically, they're NFPs, ENFPs. They're amazing at selling anything. They could sell the gum off the bottom of their shoe. They're fantastic social engineers. And because there's fantastic social engineers and fantastic manipulators in of their own right, well, guess what? Those ENFPs end up, you know, uh, at risk for social engineering themselves. Because they sell others, they too can be sold. See, I don't get it why often people think that uh, ENFPs can't be sold or ENFPs can't be manipulated or they can't be social engineered. It's the same kind of thing with ENTPs, right? ENPs, the pathfinder types as I call them, the pathfinder types because they're all about trying to find the best possible path for everyone, right? Kind of like the shaman. They're the shaman types, ENPs. Well... They're, they're not alphas. It's funny because ENPs try to become alphas, but they're not alphas. They're betas at best, and they usually start out as omegas and really, really weak, and then they become the super strong beta. The difference is, is that unlike the alpha who is the chief of the village, the ENP is the, uh, is the shaman of the village, just as respected as the chief and just as influential and, and in some cases powerful. But remember, the chief of the village is all about what is, it's all about power. And they're married to that village. They can't go outside that village. But the shaman of the village wields, instead of power, it wields influence. And the thing is, that's what ENFPs are. They are influencers. So who influences the influencer, right? Who watches the watcher, right? Ah, 
that's the thing. That's that's the strategy right there. You have to become the influencer of the ENFP because the ENFP has to get those ideas from somewhere. That TE child is a collector of ideas, right? They have to get those ideas from other people, right? And then once they have those ideas, they can confer those ideas upon others. And then they're literally manipulating the thoughts of other people to get those people to do something for them in such a way that the ENFP benefits more than the other person, typically, especially in immature ENFPs. Now, every now and then you'll get a really mature ENFP who's all about uh, charity. For example, uh, I was dealing with an ENFP recently and I didn't really like the guy at all, but I had a better opinion of him when I found out that he pulled out $80,000 out of his own pocket to pay uh, his staff this last month. Uh, and even though sales have been really slow, things are not going really well, uh, you know, uh, and, and he's in real estate, right? So, and it's interesting, my friends tell me who are uh, very, uh, very intelligent and uh, uh, been keeping track of the market for decades at this point. And they're like, oh yeah, man, we're in a recession now. And we've been in a recession for about four to six weeks. It's no wonder that houses are not uh, are not moving right now. It just seems like we're not, but we really, really are. And I think people are, I don't know, are they waking up to that? I don't know. I'm not a financial expert. But when it comes to this real estate ENFP, uh, he's, he's having a really hard time. He's absolutely struggling. And to watch him pull out $80,000 to pay all the payroll for his own people out of his own pocket it's really amazing to me. Now, whether or not that's actually true, because, you know, this is an ENFP we're talking about, we should probably verify that, right? But giving him the benefit of the doubt, let's assume that's true. That is very charitable, right? And that's the kind of charity that ENFPs are capable of. So, and guess what? You could social engineer ENFPs into being charitable. I don't know how many times I've seen ENFPs out on the street trying to get, trying to raise money for charity, right? Constantly running, raising money for charity, and then, uh, and then they themselves can also be sold into being charitable. It's kind of interesting to see that. So, anyway, so what is the method? What is the method? The method is to uh, emulate INFJ. And uh, INFJ is the highest compatible type uh, with ENFPs. Their cognitive functions, introvert intuition hero matches directly with expert intuition hero. Expert intuition hero is trying to consume introvert intuition hero. It loves the willpower that it provides. Uh, the FE uh, parent of the INFJ is trying to find someone who's of high moral fiber, which is the uh, FI parent of the ENFP, etc. The TE child of the ENFP is looking for TI child of the INFJ. And the SE inferior of the INFJ is trying to make the ENFP SI inferior happy and, and comfy and cozy and create loyalty and gain loyalty from the ENFP, right? So it's a match made in heaven. These two types love being around each other. These two types feed off of each other and uh, they help each other grow together. That's why it's a fantastic relationship. So all you have to do is either be one or emulate that type because as a result of emulating it, all the cognitive functional needs that the ENFP has is being met, right? So let's actually look at the method. 
So remember, the hero function and the child function, those are optimistic functions within the ego. And the pessimistic functions are the parent function and the inferior function, also known as the aspirational. And remember, each of these functions are on a cognitive axis with each other, right? Not to be confused with cognitive orbit, cognitive orbit is something completely different. Cognitive orbit is when you have a function uh, in the ego linked to a function in the shadow. That's cognitive orbit. But cognitive axis is when you have the parent linked to the child and you have the hero linked to the inferior. What that means is, is that when you begin your social engineering attack, what, if, you do, if you make a decision or you do something to push or pull uh, one of the uh, cognitive functions in the ENFP's ego, then the other function will be affected directly by that, right? So there you go. How do you get past the pessimism, right? So you want to make them comfortable immediately off the board because that SI inferior insecurity is going to be the biggest problem. And then you have that FI parent. The FI parent just absolutely has to feel good about everything. And it is really hard to convince FI parent you have to go out of your way because it is so pessimistic with how it feels and quite frankly it's selfish so you have to appeal to the selfishness you have to appeal to the vanity you have to appeal to the increase of status for the ENFP and you have to make him feel really good like he's making a great decision like this is the best decision of my life right so that's that's the thing so the idea is, is that when you're, when you're emulating INFJ, you are putting forth all of that cognition, all of those functions, introvert, intuition, hero, FE, parent, TI, child, and SE, inferior, to make sure that the cognitive needs of the ENFP are being met. And then as a result of that, they are receptive to uh, inception. And you could basically insert feelings and thoughts, but mostly feelings, into the heads of the ENFP and then that will create loyalty, loyalty to you in such a way where they will be willing to fall off a cliff for you. So the scenario, let's talk about the scenario right now. Um, the scenario, the scenario itself uh, is a uh, very interesting approach um, because the scenario, while... Uh, the scenario itself is actually based on, you know, recent events. I, I had a bunch of different ENFP scenarios picked out, but I'm going to go with the more recent one because it's very, very practical, and I don't necessarily want to paint ENFPs in a bad light. I had another scenario where I could have. It was involving uh, an ENFP who social engineered their way into a company and ended up taking uh, uh, ownership of the company out from under a family etc. Uh, and then what they did in response uh, to get the company back from the ENFP. Uh, but this other scenario, I kind of want to look in the direction of a, uh, of a charity situation. And so basically, uh, I had just mentioned a real estate agent who put forth $80,000 to cover the payroll of his employees uh, at his real estate firm. Absolutely uh, a good approach. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful that he did that. It showed the very nice uh, charity side. I've been hampering on the, uh, the vice of the ENFP depravity for quite a long time. Uh, so I wanted to actually look at a more charitable approach. 
But here's the situation. Given that at this real estate firm, sales are down. In fact, sales are down from last year uh, in a big way. And quite frankly, it's not looking good this year. So ENFPs, when they're in those situations and they're like, wow, you know, I'm starting to get backed in a corner here. We really need to make more money because this firm is going to end up being shut down and they become worried about their own future, right? They become worried about their own future because they have NI Nemesis. NI Nemesis worries about their own future and then they realize they have to be watching out for everyone else's future at their firm, uh, which does not uh, really give them an opportunity, you know, it uh, it offsets their focus is my point and based on that they need to know what to do now uh, so they start making decisions they start doing research and remember if they can get sold on something they start believing it and they believe it as gospel truth until proven otherwise because they're so strong with their te child beliefs so this particular ENFP uh, went to some leadership training seminar uh, the guy there said, you know, do this, do that. If anyone disagrees with you, they're not your friend or they're your enemy or, you know, all that, you know, kind of uh, cultish uh, point of view. And the, this particular real estate ENFP, he ate it up. He completely ate it up, much to the chagrin of his employees and whatnot. And uh, some of his employees uh, were concerned about the direction that he was going because he came at them and he's like, oh, hey, how about you do a, uh, you know, how about you increase your productivity? And this was at a productivity increase without increasing their pay, right? And then it's like, whoa, whoa, hold on. That's, that's a bit of depravity there, man. You're getting pretty selfish there. You're not going to pay us more, but you expect us to do more with less, right? Well, that, that happens often with ENFPs in the workplace when, they're, when their back is against the wall. And the ENFP's like, well, Effie Critic, I deserve that because I paid out of my own pocket 80 grand last month to keep this place afloat instead of laying people off. So I deserve you working more, right? Well, after, after going through you know, all of the things uh, that would need to be done to increase productivity, it was discovered that the strategy with which they were using to stay productive with and to be able to bring in more sales uh, was not actually working. And so the specific employee uh, who, uh, the specific employee who worked, uh, they're, they're an SFP for example, who worked for this ENFP uh, who was responsible for helping them increase sales uh, for this real estate firm had to make a decision. He had to put it all on the line. It's like, okay, do I go to my ENFP boss and just tell him that there's just no way that this is going to work or I do what he says because he could potentially fire me? Like, what do I do, right? And I know the best way to move forward. I know how to approach things. I know how to go to him and be like, hey, here's the direction we actually need to go. Don't listen to that guy in that seminar listen to me here because here's what we really need to do and this will actually bring you in sales it will create brand equity for your brand and for your real estate firm and people will be really interested in it well when the enfp is listening to this other guy and he's like already drinking the cultish uh, kool-aid you know when this other guy says if you don't listen to me and people tell you not to listen to me they're wrong automatically and just tune them out doesn't doesn't exactly help like that's a literal first line from this guy right so what do you do in that situation well I mean the employee himself he already realizes that his job is already done anyway because if he can't increase sales anyway the company's done for 
as is. So he kind of has nothing to lose. So at this point, it's either he walks out on the ENFP, who, who was charitable to him the previous month and, and paid out of his own pocket, or he actually attempts to social engineer the ENFP into going into a completely different direction for the sake of the firm. And so begins the social engineering scenario. So based on that, we find ourselves in this situation. An SFP emulating INFJ for the purpose of changing the mind of an ENFP in an attempt to save his own company from himself. Because the ENFP is focused on ramping up productivity, quantity, thinking that's going to uh, bring in more sales while sacrificing quality. Remember, you can only do things cheap, fast, or right. And the ENFP is willing to do it cheap and fast. And it doesn't have to be right. The problem is with that loss in quality, sales are not going to be coming in with that much more uh, effort, which will eventually lead all the employees of the firm to lose respect in the ENFP because they're being worked really, really hard and the ENFP is getting madder and madder and madder that more sales aren't coming in because they're completely ignoring the quality instead of the quantity. Um, and then for some reason, like quantity is more important. Well, that's how that's how ENFPs work. They have ISTJ subconscious, which is basically the bean counter type. They're like little mini bean counters, you know. So the strategy was is to convince the ENFP to use a different sales strategy entirely, one that is proven and one that will work. The problem is is that the ENFP can't see the forest for the trees, actually can't see the trees for the forest because it's TE child, and thinks that, oh, well, this big guy who's a billionaire, I'm going to listen to what he says. What do you have? You're not a billionaire. Why do I need to listen to you? It's that typical TE child syndrome of listening to people of bigger brands and big names instead of actually looking at the truth, right? They would rather look at the reference point that, hey, this guy is a billionaire. I should listen to him not the guy, you know, down the street, right, who actually might know what he's talking about. That's an issue. So what do you do in that situation? What is this SFP to do? What is the SFP to do? Well, emulate INFJ. So he walks into the ENFP's office and so begins the social engineering attack, okay? So SFP goes in and he sees that SI inferior who's already pretty uncomfortable and is just like, hey, how you doing? You know, uh, hey, I brought you this, right? And he brought in some donuts. Got some donuts uh, right in the office. It's in the morning. Uh, brought you some donuts uh, because I know you like these kinds of donuts. You got in these uh, maple bars with bacon on them. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I'm literally talking about maple bars with bacon on my YouTube channel right now. That's just what I do, apparently. Uh, maple bars. So, uh... And the ENFP is like already pretty happy about that. Wow, man, thank you. This is really great. He already started stuffing one down his face and whatnot. You know, it's uh, the ice has been broken. Uh, ENFP is just a little bit comfortable. And that, that's showing is any hero that he's wanted, right? And so this SFP is like, hey, I wanted to run something by you. Uh, it's really important. I think it's going to be really good and give us a solid foundation for the coming uh, year of 2019. And this ENFP is like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, you know, I definitely want to hear what you think, right? Uh, because, yeah. And then the uh, the SFP is like, well, 
Well, here's the issue, you know, let's look at some of our numbers. Sales are down last year. In fact, we're just gonna look at last, last quarter. Uh, we utilized this strategy for sales here, this strategy for sales here, in these areas. Okay, yeah. The problem is, is that we're not seeing much, much return on our investment in these areas. So I'm suggesting we go into, we do a pivot. Then ENFP is like, well, we can't do a pivot because we're just going to increase the quantity of our productivity. Well, that's not going to work. The ENFP is like, well, why not? Well, the reason why, <laughs> the reason why is because, well, obviously, uh, it's a wrong strategy. The strategy is, you know, we're going to just emphasize quantity and throw all quality out the door. Like, it doesn't mean anything at that point. I mean, have you ever seen like those ads where people are just like so stuffy or it just doesn't make any sense? It doesn't actually convey trust. They're not trying to add value, right? And this SFP is just trying to convince the ENFP, hey, I'm just trying to add value. We need to add value to our audience. We need to add value to our potential customers to cause them to fall in love with the locale that their homes are in and not just teach them how to flip and sell and buy homes because that's not necessarily relevant to them when they're trying to get a new place to live. They need to know or would want to know, right, that they're not going to get shanked down the street and their children can play outside safely in these neighborhoods. And that is the kind of information that this ENFP and this firm should be communicating to customers. But this ENFP, again, can't see the trees for the forest because he's so focused on the money instead of the people. He's focused on the depravity and not the charity. That's the problem, right? So, emulating INFJ. Hey, I've just made you really comfortable, you know, and uh, this is what I want to tell you. This is what I want to share with you, you know, and uh, check out these numbers. See, TE Child is all about numbers. If you can prove to TE Child that the numbers are in their favor and show, hey, this is what other people charge for this service, they get better results with us, and if you are going to uh, multiply that by 10, for example, and an increase in productivity, it's gonna cost you 10 times more. You can't do that, right? Well, that SFP is gonna walk out, right? So expert intuition, it's all about needing to be wanted, right? Needing to be desired, right? And uh, if this SFP is not able to show that well, then he's gonna stay uncomfortable. So. The SFP is like, hey, you know, I have the opportunity to walk out on you right now because I feel like I'd be disrespected, but you know what? I don't want to. You've done so much for me. You've been loyal to me, Mr. ENFP, and I really appreciate that. And I would like to show gratitude. Ah, gratitude is everything to an ENFP. It's what FE critic desires the most because ENFPs, they, they sit around, they think that they're like, the most valuable person in the world. They literally think that they are super valuable and that they do believe that they are better than other people because of FI Parent, because they're gooder than other people. And because of that, I have such a nice personality and you know, y'all should love me and give me special treatment because I'm a special snowflake that's a very valuable person right now, right? They all have that prima donna point of view, uh, especially the immature ones. It goes away with age as they become more and more charitable and realize, you know, uh, as they say in church, the law of the harvest, give and it shall be given to you. I don't know how many times I've been manipulated by ENFP preachers telling me that and trying to get my money. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, 
So this SFP emulating INFJ comes up to the uh, ENFP, he's made him comfortable, he's stated what he wants, and he wants to continue to make him comfortable, wants to continue to give him a good experience. Be like, Mr. ENFP, I want to give you the absolute best sales experience for your firm ever. And this is how we're going to do it. This is what other people are doing already with their successful firms. Look at this guy. He's made X amount of money last year with his firm. His whole firm brought in this many sales from last year, and they're using this method. Here's another, uh, here is another firm who's did, using the same method focusing on causing the uh, our audience, our potential customers to fall in love with the locales and adding value to them before actually going for the sale, before even talking about buying and selling homes, we do this, right? And it has generated even more brand equity. And look at how many follows they have on Instagram. Look at how, many, how much engagement they have on Twitter. Uh, look at how they live stream on Facebook. They have all these different approaches that we're not even doing. And we're doing traditional sales techniques that aren't really leading to conversions. We need to pivot. We need to change our game. This is what other people are doing. So this SFP provides reference points, provides all these facts, these TI facts, emulating TI child in a list to this ENFP to consider and provides references. Guys, you want to convince an ENFP to make a decision? You provide them reference material that backs up your point of view and what you're saying. After providing them that reference material, they have no choice but to disagree. What are they going to do? Go verify it? Ha! And ENFP's not going to go verify it, and ENFP's going to be too lazy to call up those numbers, right? This SFP could have even provided fake references. Seriously, fake references in order to cause this ENFP to make this decision. It happens all the time to ENFPs, people providing fake references. All it is is TE Child. You provide a list of references, real or not, doesn't matter. And they're like, wow, wow, look at what all these other people are doing. And look at these numbers that these people are bringing in. Wow, wow, that sounds like something I want to do. That sounds like an experience I want to have, SI Inferior. Why aren't we already doing this? We, we want to do this right, any hero. And I feel really good about this FI parent, right? The ANFP starts dreaming, right? Dreaming of all the possibilities of success. And this SFP, who's emulating INFJA, that's what they're doing to this ENFP, getting them to dream about success, right? Because ENFPs, they're dreamers. Just like INFPs are like the dreamer type, but ENFPs dream too, right? It's not about facts, it's about beliefs. They see what their status will look like in the future, what it will look like down the road. And that's everything to them. That status is everything to them. So based on that, uh, the conversation moves forward. You know, here's my reference points. Uh, I wanna give you the best possible experience. Uh, and if we change our sales strategy to mimic and emulate what these people are already doing and already having success in their territories, we will have success in our territory. And this is what I want to do. I want to make this happen. Here is my plan. Here's the references, real or not. And why can't you make that decision, Mr. ENFP, right? And then the ENFP's like, Okay, yeah, yeah, I think it's worth a shot. You know what, you really know what you're talking about. You got all these reference points. I can see your passion for this plan. Because you're passionate, any hero, I'm passionate, NI Nemesis. See, and that cognitive orbit is handled. Because the NI Nemesis is a little, even though it's an optimistic function, it's still on a pessimistic side of the mind. 
And then Nemesis is worrying about his own future, but he's like, you know what? I want to take a chance. I want to take a chance on this new sales strategy for my company so that we can move forward with it because I see your passion. I see your passion and I see your reference points. Any hero, optimism, I see your passion. T, child, optimism, I see your reference points and all of your data and all of your facts, etc. Yes, I feel really good about this. I feel really great about your facts because TE Child sees all those facts. FI Parent is like, oh yeah, wow. FI Parent is like, I feel really good about this because you're providing all the facts that my child needs to see, all these reference points, all these references, all of this data, all of this input. Wow. And you thought about it. You've processed it. You removed the, the, you separated the truth for the lies for me. Thank you so much. You verified for me. Awesome. I trust you. I feel really good about this. And you know what? I see your passion and your passion makes me comfortable, makes me feel safe, makes me feel secure. You've been working for me for a long time and I know you're committed to giving me a good experience, Mr. SFP, but I see your passion for this idea. I love this idea. This sounds great. Let's do it. And then the SFP gets approval and is move, and then moves forward with putting out this new sales strategy across the entire team, implements it, and guess what? Sales do go up with a potential recession looming on the horizon, but they make sales go up within this real estate firm. And it no longer becomes a firm focused on quantity, but of, uh, in terms of their sales strategy and their marketing, it's all about quality and adding value to the customer. That's how you get an ENFP. You have to get their critic to be focused on doing the wise thing. And the wise thing is to add value to your customers for free. No frills, no gimmicks, right? Just like, you know, the uh, uh, United Warehouse Furniture Store when I was in the 90s. Gotta love those commercials, right? Adding value. It's not a gimmick. It's just, hey, I'm being charitable to you by adding value. Ty Lopez and ENFP does this all the time. Gary Vaynerchuk and ENFP does this all the time, consistently. They're always adding value to their customers before those customers are actually even customers because any person is a potential customer and they understand that. And this SFP was just trying to get the FE critic to realize I need to be adding value to my customers and giving them quality over quantity. I don't need to communicate with my customers 10 more times a day. I just need to be focused on giving the best possible communication, one or two communications to my customers that adds value, that helps them solve problems, that helps them realize that their children are going to be safe in that neighborhood and that all of their needs are going to be met if they live in that neighborhood in order to close the sale about the house or assist them in buying and selling or doing investments, etc. That was the goal. So this SFP was successful. Here's another scenario. Another scenario in my life. I graduated. I graduated from college in 2008. Uh, $120,000 in debt. Uh, and we couldn't afford where we lived in Federal Way, Washington, uh, my, my, my now ex-wife and I, and we moved to Bellingham, Washington. Uh, had a job prospect up there and uh, worked at a, uh, I ended up working for a, a dock uh, at the port and getting paid the most money I've ever been paid in my life doing IT uh, for a company uh, who specialized in baby furniture. 
And then, well, there's an ENFP boss there, and uh, he made a huge screw up on our schedule that cost us a lot of overtime. And then he took our timesheets and edited our timesheets for us. He filled out our timesheets for us, and he screwed us out of eight hours of overtime. And I called out my ENFP boss at the time in front of all of my coworkers. I called him out. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And then you know what he did? He fired me because I broke the first law of power. Never outshine the master. And I also went after his reputation. So much depends on reputation. Guard it with your life. And I was fired. I had nothing. And I ended up working at a grocery outlet for minimum wage. Barely getting enough hours to scrape by. I was on the edge of homelessness. And then some random coworker told me about this guy uh, who came from LA and then he was living in Seattle and whatnot. Uh, He had his own uh, deck waterproofing company, construction company, looking for someone that knew computers, someone who knew IT, and uh, gave me an address and uh, said, you know, just just talk to him. He'll, He'll probably give you a shot. Little did I know that this guy was also an ENFP. This guy was my ENFP mentor, my first mentor, my very first mentor, professional mentor, manhood mentor, was an ENFP, and I owe this guy a lot. So I went in and I figured like, you know, I need to go for broke with this guy. I got my suit on, I literally got a suit, got my tie on, everything. Uh, I created a PowerPoint presentation, why you need to hire me, basically, and then uh, got my laptop and I went right over to the local, it was actually, um, it's a, I think it was a Fred Meyer, local Fred Meyer, and I got fresh baked apple fritters and various other assortment of donuts, and then I just drove right over to that address. This is just, uh, this is on my first day off. I did this. Nothing was scheduled. Absolutely nothing was scheduled. There was no, uh, no anything. I was not expecting anything, and I just drove right over to his office. And I went to the office building, went upstairs to where his office was, opened the door. Uh, someone and uh, the the person at the front's like, "Hey, who are you here to see? I'm here to see Jeff, the uh, the ENFP guy, you know, right?" And uh, oh yeah, yeah, he'll be in about 15 minutes. Uh, uh, like, okay, cool. I'll just sit in his office. And I sat in his office. You know, apparently, like they thought I had a meeting with him or something when I really, really didn't. Gotta love social engineering, right? And then he comes in. He comes into the uh, into the room, and uh, I stand up like, "Hey, my name is Chase. I really want to work for you. I heard really great things about you." And like instantly, he's like, "Whoa, hello! Wow, this kid's passion. Wow, he really wants me. Any hero is very happy. Okay, wow, and he brought me donuts too. I feel good about donuts. I like donuts. As I saw inferior, you see a recurring donut theme, and you know what? He starts eating donuts at his desk." And I plopped down my laptop in front of him. I got my reference points ready with my little PowerPoint presentation on why he should hire me and consider me for his IT manager. And I walked him through the whole thing. He asked me a bunch of questions and like, how did you know I need an IT manager? Well, someone that goes to church with you gave me your number and this location. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah. And here I am. He's like, wow. That's fantastic. And you brought me donuts. You already had all your reference points figured out. You made me super comfortable. You made me feel one as company and what we're trying to do. And, uh, and yes, I absolutely need someone who understands IT. And, uh, and I showed him. Because remember, when you're emulating INFJ, you have to show 
You have to show what you're worth. You have to show that you know. And I showed him a lot of the different things that I've done on computers from an IT standpoint, and he immediately hired me. He hired me there, and I started the following week. And I was able to quit my minimum wage job, and I started making many more dollars an hour right off the bat. Very, very thankful, very grateful for this man. Uh, who did this. It turns out he was also the owner of the Bellingham Bulldogs, a semi-pro football team, which ended up winning the championship. And uh, I assisted him uh, with uh, this football team whenever I could have. And uh, as well as anything else that he had going on, as well as church and whatnot. And uh, because of his influence, I was able to gain a lot more status for myself. I was also able to bring him additional status. Uh, helped... Uh, you know, develop uh, his IT infrastructure uh, for his company, uh, help them increase sales, uh, created a, through his tutelage, I used technology to create a sales lead generation system for him, and it worked out absolutely fantastically. But he took a risk on me, and I social engineered him. I came in clean cut and proper, looking good, to make a really good first impression because introverted sensing and fury is all about wanting to be made comfortable with a good impression, and I gave him a very good first impression. So much so that he appreciated that. I made him feel good by uh, feel good with hiring me by providing reference points and data and information that shows specifically, yes, I am hireable for the position that you want to hire me for. IT manager, I can do IT management. This is what I do, here's what I've done in the past. It was like my little visual resume, etc. I nailed and I made TE Child very happy because I went so far as to create a presentation out of it and I presented it to him at his desk, impromptu, everything, and it worked out. And the fact that I was willing to put on a suit and tie and to bring him donuts and come to him with no guarantee, an absolute shot in the dark, and it was shooting from the hip and it was absolutely very risky, nothing official, made him feel wanted, made him feel desired, made him feel that I was passionate for him. And then as a result, he became loyal to me right then and there, and then he decided to take a risk as a result of being loyal to me and hire me right then and there. And you know what's great? I had TI parent, his TE child, he'd constantly be coming to me for advice. He's like, wow, you're a really smart guy. And he'd ask me for advice all the time, and I would assist him, and then we helped build that company up. Yeah, eventually the company went down, but that was circumstances outside of anything I had to deal with. It had everything to deal with the fact that the other partner in the company was uh, hiring people that they shouldn't hire and then stealing customers and then embezzling money from the company and it just went all downhill from there. And then eventually uh, we all lost our jobs and I ended up homeless for two years after the fact. But up until that point, it was... You know, it, it was an absolute fantastic position and having IT manager on my resume was super helpful for me to land uh, my next job, which is working for a value-added reseller in Seattle. Super important. All because I social engineered an ENFP into hiring me and that's how I did it. I showed my passion for him and his company. I showed my desire to make his any hero happy. Thus, because I made his any hero happy, his SI inferior was instantly comfortable with me. And I was giving a good experience. I also made his uh, uh, SI inferior happy with my presentation, the fact that I was well-dressed and well-kept, and I provided donuts. Uh, and I made his TE child happy by providing all the reference points necessary within my presentation. 
and then as a result of that, his FI parent felt really good and he felt safe and secure in hiring me. The power of social engineering that basically allowed me to undo the wrong that I did by the previous ENFP and then I was righting all of the wrongs and I was hired again and I got an IT management position out of it when I wouldn't have previously. That's the kind that's the kind of power that can come as a result of social engineering and social engineering and ENFP. Absolutely important. So, that's the method you follow. Emulate INFJ, give, focus on giving them a good experience, share your wisdom and reference points with them, make them feel good, make them feel like it's the right thing to do to hire you because you know they're affiliative, that it's the right thing, it's beneficial to them. Get them to see, uh, to want the vision so that they, uh, they see your passion, they see that you have a plan, that they don't have to verify anything on their own, they don't have time to verify, they're just focused on the process. And they moved quick, he hired me on the spot. That's the power of social engineering. And that's what I recommend you do if you're going to attempt to social engineer an ENFP. You can take these techniques and apply them anywhere, not just in career or professions, but in relationships, in parenting, in education, even in medical, it doesn't matter. But this is how you do it. And I got lucky. I went from one depraved ENFP to a very charitable ENFP, one that I'm forever grateful to, to this day. And I'm very thankful and I do not take for granted the risk that he took on me. So, anyway, if you found this lecture useful, helpful, educational, please subscribe to the channel here on YouTube and also on the podcast. Uh, leave a like and a comment below while you're at it. If you'd like to support our channel, please support us on the podcast. The link is on the podcast or below. If you want to support us on our Patreon and gain additional patron perks uh, as a result of uh, being a patron of this uh, channel and to help us uh, change the world uh, with the technologies we're planning on releasing to everyone uh, as a result of our uh, Patreon, uh, please uh, subscribe to us on Patreon. The link is also below in the description. If you want to get on our Discord for the Q&A sessions, if you want to get into our meetup group, those links are also below in the description. So yeah, guys, I know that I often rail on ENFPs because they can be super mega selfish and super depraved all the time, but you know what? At the end of the day, with their super powerful social networks and their huge Rolodexes, they're very powerful people to be around and it is awesome to have an ENFP in your corner because they will optimize everything for you. They will work hard to give you a better future. They will be diehard loyal to you. They will make sure that, that your reputation is intact. Remember, so much depends on reputation. Guard it with your life. And ENFPs are masters of reputation. And having one in your corner, they can increase your reputation to open up new opportunities for you every single day. They are super, super valuable people, provided that they are not being corrupted by their own sense of depravity and instead remain charitable. And all you have to do is hold them accountable to that and make sure that you are giving them a good experience, show them that they're wanted, show that them that you actually care about them uh, consistently, and then make them uh, and then provide all that reference points and research and intelligence that they need for proper decision making. So that as long as the numbers make sense to them, they're ready to go because they're super, super rational because they lead with their beliefs. Their beliefs are everything. So anyway, that's enough for uh, right now. So I'll see you guys later tonight. Have a good night.